0: Welcome to BakaCast for the first week of the summer 2017 anime season. I am your uh, very warm host, Dustin, and with me today is, uh, let's do Ben first. Yo, also Larry. Hmm. And Aaron, who I'm sure will have a lot to talk about when it comes to, uh, actually this week. Because uh, there's some stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's some stuff out uh, here. <laughs> so, you can find show notes for this episode at www.audioentropy.com and www.projectharagi.net. So, uh, before we get to the actual summer shows, we do have some leftovers. Um, one show whose ending uh, just happened and, and one that's continuing into uh, the summer season Let's start with Sekai Suru Kado, episode 12,
1: the <laughs> finale. So, there's a part where it has Shindo talking to Zashinina, and he's like, Are you surprised? And I was just like, Yep, yes, I am. You, you, you have won, anime.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, so,
0: the an- like for the first half of it, it's honestly pretty straightforward for a show about extra-dimensional beings fighting each other with lasers. <laughs> um, like, Zashinina makes a fancy cube arena, and... Uh, it's revealed when... Like, they talk for a bit and stuff, and Zashinina f- goes full crazy eyes. Um, the sort of crazy eyes that Eren lives for. Uh, and... Then Shindo goes in to punch him with the antifragonics, or whatever the hell, uh, armor. But wait, it doesn't work, because Zashinina's Zan- Xanatos gambit paid off, because Zashinina was like, I knew you were gonna go- betray me like that, and use the scientist kid to make an anti-me weapon, so I made these the whams connect to hyperspace so i could destroy them from the inside and that's how i'm now stabbing you with a giant energy sword through the shoulder (laughs) and everyone's like oh no our plan is ruined and then zashi uh, delicately places his uh his uh ideal lover on an altar and that's when it's revealed
1: there was another Xanatos Gambit. In the form of a child. I think possibly my favorite scene in this episode is when, like, he has his back turned and he's facing, um, uh, what's your face? The other Saraka. And then you just see this car pull up. Yeah, and then a car drives in. And Zashinina's
0: reaction is the same as mine, which is. Why is a car here? Yeah, How did the car get here? (laughs) Yeah, and so Shindo's, like, best friend steps out, as well as a high school girl in your typical, like, sailor outfit. And it's revealed that she is the daughter of Shindo and the Anastrophic Lady, and who was raised in, like, a friggin' hyperbolic time chamber by Shindo's best friend in order to show up at this moment to defeat Zashinina. Because apparently she has greater control over multiple multiple dimensions than Zashinina does. For reasons. (laughs) (laughs) And like... I'm not entirely opposed to this sort of ending. Like, at first I was like, okay, that's honestly pretty clever. Um, But it's just handled in such a hand-wavy fashion that this anime, which started out at least pretending to be a fairly grounded look at what would happen to humanity if a hyper-advanced alien showed up and just started giving us technology into a like friggin anime science magic fight show and like it's it ended in a completely different place than it began uh and it just didn't care anymore about even attempting to sort of approach any of these topics in any sort of critical fashion um and that's just super blatantly shown in the epilogue uh where we get a shot of like oh we find out that uh Shindo's kid um like deleted all uh anastropic uh powers that humanity got and then she just left to go somewhere and uh Saraka or whatever is like, oh yeah, it's better this way because now we now we'll get there on our own two feet, completely ignoring the fact that like the whams provided infinite like essentially infinite energy for humanity, which would kind of be a huge deal for like the entire world, and getting rid of those just overnight that could cause some serious turmoil because, like, they just made that decision for people just on their own.
1: Well, I'm not sure if it was the kid that removed them or simply because Kato was destroyed.
0: I mean, she says, like, she straight-up says, like, oh, yeah, the kid did it. Because it doesn't make sense that it would be, that it'd be gone just because Kado is gone. Because, like, that's that those powers aren't exclusive to Zashunina. There's a the power of anastropic beings in general, so like I mean, I can look up the episode the line again, but I'm almost certain she mentions that it was specifically because like their child reset basically.
2: Well, yeah, it's what it, it what it does what what ha- Right, what she did was she cut off the uh the linkages between our universe and the anisotropic. So, yeah. And so, like, and which is where, which is, which is how the whams were able to deliver all that infinite energy was because
0: they took the energy from the
2: anisotropic.
0: Yeah. And like, again, <clears throat> I'm not entirely, it, it it's not the fact that that plot point happens that I have an issue with. It's the fact that it's done with zero consideration to how that would affect the world at large, I treated as like, oh, now it's a positive thing. Now we can get to this spot on, like using our own knowledge. Well, it's like okay, but that kind of screws over people in like third world <laughs> countries whose lives would be massively improved by easily accessible and completely green infinite energy. Well okay, <laughs> the thing the thing about that Like it's fine for you assholes living in Japan and in nice houses. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, the thing about that is is that okay, for one thing, like
2: this entire series took place over the period of a few months. And so so like the world like hadn't had time to like you know, even though like, you know, people were sort of, you know, making whams, uh, piecemeal, they, uh, they hadn't had time to like, build them into, build like wham energy into their societies. So, so there's none of the, so there's, so, okay, so like the transition between like, having, you know, like, so there won't be the same, there won't be the same wrenching transition, because...
0: I I understand that it's not, like, I know, it's not an issue of, like, a transitional process. What I'm saying is, like, one day someone arrives and tells you, hey, all those problems you're having, I have a solution for that. And then someone else goes, actually, that guy was kind of evil, so I'm going to take this away now. Um... And it's like, well, Why? <laughs> Well, it's like, why do you get to make that decision just all on your own? Okay. Like, why doesn't anyone get an input? Okay. So that doesn't,
2: that doesn't cut off the possibility of getting, of, of getting whams or something like them eventually. Well,
0: no, it doesn't, but it could also, but it could take like, who knows how many years longer, like maybe a decade, if maybe decades, maybe centuries, maybe millennia until humanity gets back to that point uh that doesn't really help the people who would really really like to have that stuff now to actually improve their lives like you can't just introduce a miracle and then say lol nope you can't have this because i said so and expect that to go just peachy keen like there's gonna be pushback there's gonna be conflict
1: well, to be fair, they don't know why this, well, the masses don't know why this stuff stopped working, other ah, than yes, that, Kato disappeared. That makes it better. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> that makes their ac- that make their actions more ethical. No, I'm not <laughs> saying that it's more ethical there, but as to, as to why, yeah. like, the uh, the Japanese government and whatnot is like that, they don't actually know, at least as far as I can tell, what happened, other than Kato disappeared, and so did Zasu. yeah
0: but you can sure as hell bet that like other governments would be asking questions.
1: Well, yeah. I mean that, I mean it's that sort of it's been hand-wavy from the very start of the uh, of the first episode or not first, but the the first real episode when Zosinia touches down that the UN or America especially would immediately move in and take over. Yeah. And like yeah, I
0: know and that that's just that's been a problem I've had through this entire series of just how little Kado seems to actually care about you know, analyzing any of the stuff that happens in it, uh, like in the plot um, it's just so massively compounded in this episode that it's it just really ticks me off that Kado seems to care so little about its writing that it just does things with no regard for any of the consequences of those things. It's just so friggin' lazy. Uh, it ticks me off. And like, that, and honestly, that laziness makes me way more angry and annoyed than any sort of like plot twist like hybrid child st- like ridiculous uh, sort of um, plot event ever could. Like I'm, I'm fine with it getting ridiculous. I just want it to like, actually consider what the ridiculous stuff would do within the world. I mean, hell, even Keijo considered the consequences of some of the ridic- uh, in, of some of the ridiculous stuff that it did. Like if, if you can't be bothered, to analyze your plotline better than Keijo, What are you even doing with
1: yourself? Well, again, Kato has always kind of been like that with all the the gifts. And
0: that's why it's
1: bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's not exclusive to this episode.
0: Yeah, I, I realize that. It's just it's it just so it just feels so much worse mm-hmm. in this episode. Were
3: expecting right, and you were expecting an ending and got a freight train
0: well no it's an ending it is an ending I'll I'll sure give it that it's just a really really sloppy ending that's that's as ridiculous as it is lazy Wow, that's, uh it's not exceptionally high praise then <laughs> I mean, it made me laugh. I'll give it that. Yeah. It, it it did entertain me far more than most episodes of Cato have in the, in the recent past. Like I
1: said, it was highly entertaining. Uh, also, we, so
0: I mean, in that sense, it succeeded. I guess,
1: but we get the uh, the scene in the sort of wrap up where it's going around to all the other people, and we get uh, the scientist girl's um, etch a sketch, and it just says back later. I was like, "Wait, yeah. are they going to continue this? Are we going to get a second season?" Yeah. So season what happened? Yeah. So what happens
0: now is that uh, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be like a shopping arcade of Benabashi type thing where the scientist girl goes on adventures with uh, Shindo's kid, and then they fall in love and they have lesbian extra-dimensional adventures.
1: I'd um, watch it. <laughs>
2: that would be great. <laughs> yeah. But I know, right? <laughs> I don't think. I don't
1: think. That's Hire what, me, Japan. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're gonna get. Sadly. Dang it! But yeah, I'd watch that. That'd be great. yeah. I,
2: I. I thought this episode was fine. I enjoyed it. I didn't have. I didn't even have like major problems with. Like, yeah, the fact that they didn't trace out all the implications of what they were setting up, that was, uh, for me, that was a minor flaw. I just...
0: <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I guess if, if this show had set itself up more like, say, uh, if it had given itself more of a kind of like Aquarian Evol or Star Driver type of tone, I wouldn't have cared that much. But it set itself up like, oh, this is a serious drama. Like, from from the first episode. And even throughout most of the other episodes it kept doing like the, oh, we're a serious drama tone. And then it just did not have the writing chops to back that up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can see how it would like... It wouldn't necessarily be be that big of a deal for everyone, but for me, it was just like it was just a pet peeve that I couldn't let go. Yeah, I'll admit you uh, didn't let go of it. No, I held on like a komodo dragon. All right, uh, you, you want to try komodo scores? dragons don't hold on. Hey, uh, anyway. oh yeah, sorry, that's that's Gila monsters. My bad, wrong wrong giant dangerous lizard. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh uh but yeah i'll give uh, oh man i i kind of want to give it a two but i did think it was entertaining enough that i'll give it a three just because like it, it made me laugh uh you know i gotta give it credit for at least that uh, and i'll give the series as a whole Man, I don't I don't even know. Kato is such a weird thing to score, at least for me. Mm. I guess a three. Like I guess like I'm not I'm not uh I don't regret watching it, which I guess if I don't regret something, then sort of like by default it's at least a three. Um Yeah so I'm glad I watched it but who boy was that a mess of a show uh, it's <laughs> some interesting watching
1: <laughs> oh man I just go ahead. I'm
3: gonna give
2: the, I'm gonna give this episode and the series is all four
1: I just I, realized oh sorry I enjoyed it I just realized ahead, that Aaron. uh when Josh gets tossed around and hits the ground <laughs> he has his hands go to pick him up
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That was good. Exactly. Uh, yes, yeah, so if I could za-
1: detach my hands and have them move on their own, I would use them to pick myself up too.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, this uh, this episode of Kado does contribute uh, even more evidence to the anime trope of Japanese schoolgirls being the strongest forces in the universe. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Okay, I could agree with that. Wait,
1: I, I just right. I just noticed something. It, when what? when they go through the uh the hyperdimensional uh time chamber cube, um they have a TV there.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? You got to watch your like uh, a Common Rider while you're uh alone with uh with your dad's best friend for 16 years, <laughs> being raised to be a
1: living weapon. Yeah, also I found that part kind of creepy. Yeah, it uh, it kind of is when you think about it. <laughs> I also question where they got all the stuff from, and food, and other things. I mean, I, I think the implication is that she just made it. But how would they get it when she's just a little kid? Or a little child, or baby, basically.
0: I mean, okay, well maybe, okay, alternate answer, maybe her mother provided the initial supplies and then once she got old enough to know how to use her powers then she supplemented it like that's that's the best explanation I can think of like I don't know what you want from me Aaron I just complained about Kato not thinking things through <laughs> I,
3: I, I see some reaching for straws I'm doing here. my best I see uh, some
0: reaching for straws here <laughs> I... Yeah, I'll, I'll give... I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt in at least one area, man. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll give this episode a three, and the series as a whole a three, because at least this yeah. episode was hilariously entertaining.
0: Yeah, again, like it was—it was a fun show to talk about, as as many problems as I had with it. I did enjoy talking about it with you guys, um, and it's and it is a, and it's and it's a short show that we don't get very often like it's subject matter that doesn't tend to happen. Um, like even if it wasn't necessarily handled with as much intelligence as I liked it, it was at least handled with some maturity. Um, I didn't really have many issues with the, with the, how the female characters were portrayed. Even the one I did have, uh, was kind of retroactively explained. Um, So, like, honestly, I'm just glad that a show like Kado exists, even if it was kind of bad. So, I know, damning with faint praise, but um, I'd much rather watch a Kado than another goddamn isekai. Oh,
1: don't worry. We'll get to that later.
0: Oh, yeah, we will get to that. But, yeah, I, I just want to say that I at least appreciate what Kado was attempting to do. And, again, I, I'd much rather take uh, more failed shows like Kato than um, sort of by-the-book-technically-competent, like, entries into more anime-cliché garbage. So, yeah. Um... Let's move on to Rage of Bahamut Virgin Soul, episode 13. Uh, A fairly somber episode, all things considered. Uh, Especially since the angels um, have a bad day. Uh, Quite. (laughs) They have a very bad day. So, like, the giant thing that looks like a world tree uh, is actually a giant laser, turns out. Um, and it's a giant laser that can kill god basically uh because honestly what is humanity uh what does humanity love more than making a gun that can shoot god Mm, you got me Um, yeah i mean nothing like we love making guns that kill god uh that is kind of our reason to tear uh But yeah, so it kind of it decimates the angel mothership, and the thing crashes down. uh, And without their mothership helping them, the infantry angels start getting slaughtered on moss. Uh, And our heroes get in kind of a bind, and they get surrounded. And Nina desperately asks the king to hug her so she can turn into a dragon. Which he does, which allows her to save them all, sort um, of kinda, yeah, well, maybe not necessarily save them all, like Jean and uh, Nina and Rita escape um, Kaiser stays behind uh, so they can get away um, oh he God. Kaiser has this really great <laughs> scene where he gets surrounded by uh the king's army and he like has his sword up and then he just like drops it and shrugs and gives like this mischievous grin like what's you gonna do and then they start beating the crap out of him <laughs> and like it, it's this really darkly humorous scene yeah, it's yeah. nice to fool uh, Mother
3: nature
2: well just goes to show you that uh some of uh, Favreau is rubbing off on him there because that is a total Favreau move.
0: Yeah. We st- oh yeah, one hundred percent. And we still don't know where Favreau is. Yeah, he got flung off somewhere. Um, but yeah, like, so this 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 episode is not only like interesting from a plot standpoint in terms of how it uh, shakes up the narrative and like the various conflicts at play. Uh, but also, it advances, it sort of evolves the relationship that Nina and the king have into sort of this interesting area where, like, they're technically opposed, but they also kind of don't want to be. Yeah. So they have this sort of really conflicted relationship um, where, like,. Well, like, the king allowing her to turn into a dragon, that's not something he had to do. And it's, in fact, directly at odds with his own goals. Because, like, the people she's saying saving are trying to stop his plans. So he has no reason to do that. Other than, like, he does have feelings for Nina. And, like, that's... Because there was always the question um, before this episode of, like, does he actually care about Nina or was he just manipulating her from the start and this episode is where we get our confirmation that like no he does clearly feel something for her because he willingly allows her to do something that is directly at odds with his own goals um yeah it's a really fascinating relationship um and I'm really excited to see where Bahamut goes from here. Well, what I like was
3: Rita going. All right, now you two stay out of trouble and don't go near the capital, and I'll be back. But but well, I'm just your common neighborhood zombie, not a problem. I'll be back. You stay out of trouble. Yeah, it's like
0: Rita's like, don't worry about me, and then she jumps out of the carriage as it's like, uh, like five like 500 feet in the air. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and then the the next line is, so, uh,
3: I need to, you know, John's going, uh, I, I need to, I need to get to God. I, how do I get to God? It's like, he goes, oh, I know we got an old lady that knows how to get there. So let's go to the dragon village.
2: Well, I yeah. Know. Now,
0: yeah. We're going back
2: to the dragon village. Looking forward to, looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. Yeah.
0: That's going to be fun.
3: Um, yeah, it's, uh, that's, uh. Be interesting to see just you know how
0: well they're received. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for what's coming next. Uh, I definitely give this episode a five. It was really solid.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. five, and uh, can't wait till we get a episode of Hero Academy because I'm sure it'll be a five
0: too. Yeah. Oh, also, so one more thing about that episode that I want to mention. Um, actually good use of no music at, at, there were a lot of points in the episode where just no music was playing and they just let it be so like just the ambient sort of uh diegetic sounds of like swords clanging and people running around and being out of breath and getting punched in the gut and things like that and it worked really well it made the it made those moments feel really serious and somber. Um, so, yeah, I, I really admired this episode's restraint in its background music. But, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the first episode we'll be reviewing for the summer season. Kakegurui episode one. Um, the show about gambling, Gambling High School... This is, uh, wow, Um, there is some Death Parade nonsense going on with the faces in this show. Oh,
1: you actually watched it, Dustin?
0: Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Yeah, I was just, I was just loving this whole thing, this whole episode. Man, I'm not sure how I feel about this show, because like, on the one hand, yeah, it's, it's pretty over the top, and that... You know that's entertaining in a way but also like the match it like the rock paper scissors match itself had like zero tension well yeah i mean well thing is is that you
2: always know like how you make you know that you make it is gonna win
3: yeah
0: Uh, which like in a way is Yeah, yeah which i mean can work um i mean there's there are plenty of shows where you know someone is gonna win like all the time and it still works fine it's just that the way that she won in this episode and like the logic she used was so boring that i just couldn't care i mean like there's certainly the spectacle and that's fine but it just wasn't exciting ever I
2: thought it was fine. I had fun with it.
0: Yeah, I was. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to immediately drop it for, but like, it, it did not leave me with a
1: particularly good impression. Yeah, I, I was real sad that we didn't get any more Tanya for the crazy faces, but this will do nicely. <laughs> this will do nicely.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're looking for crazy faces, and also uh, if you like your male protagonist to be subs um
1: then this is the show for you. Uh, he gets better. <laughs> he still plays second fiddle to uh to um uh, I can't remember her name, but uh, he does get better. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, the main character is Yumeko. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um I don't know, it just it just seems like the initial problem I had with Death Parade like all over again where it's all flash and like no substance, which, eh.
2: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I'll I'll give this episode a, uh, I don't know, I'll give it a two, because it kind of kind of bored me, honestly. Oh, sorry, I bored you. This'll probably put me at odds with like ninety five percent of the anime watching community, <laughs> just like it did with Death Parade. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, you just can't
2: yeah i on. yeah i take issue with your uh claim that death parade had
0: no substance
2: death parade had a point yeah
0: yeah i mean to, to be fair like after reading more stuff about death parade um like i sort of came around a little on it i still don't care a whole lot about death parade but i can at least respect it um I remain skeptical that the same thing is going to happen to me for Kake But who knows, anything's possible, I suppose. Yeah, I think
1: like I really enjoyed it. I'd give it a 4, but that's because this is just the warm up to stuff that I know is going to happen. So, oh, okay. so this just pleases me in the fact that it appears that they're uh, um that they're animating it. In in a way that I'm really going to enjoy for the later stuff. Okay, I see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've read, uh, I've read, I've read the manga as well, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. Also, I really like the opening. It does, it is a pretty good opening. I'll give it that. I really like the opening. Um, and, and it foreshadows right. everything. Well, almost everything.
0: <laughs> I... I'm sure it does. There, there are a lot of openings that do that, and that are like, "Oh, there's." Turns out, it spoils everything, but in such a way that you can't tell.
1: Yeah, um, I, 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 those sort of, sort of openings always do kind of hold a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the <laughs> openings that you only really understand once you've like experienced everything that it's going to show you. Yeah, Monogatari has uh, openings like that sometimes, mm-hmm. and then the ending was um. was like the opposite
0: <laughs> The
1: ending was yeah. weird. I I barely remember what the ending was. It was just like her walking towards the camera and then like slowly taking her jacket off and as it's raining and her shirt see-through. Oh, it, okay. Like it was just kind of <laughs> it was just weird.
0: Well, at least not at least we have the opening. Um Let's talk about Katsugeki Token Ranbu episode 1 being animated by the legendary UFO table. And
1: it shows because the animation is gorgeous.
0: This thing Yeah, it looks real good. Um, And also, I like the characters in it. And it's got a neat premise. And sure, there wasn't a whole lot going on, like, really uh, character development-wise. It was mostly, like, setup and some exposition but like it set up stuff that seemed interesting to me um and i'm excited to see the cast do more stuff and interact with each other and it's gonna look friggin gorgeous so yeah i'm
1: i'm i feel
0: like i'm gonna have a good time
1: with this show yeah i really enjoyed the only issue i really had with it is that there's no female characters
0: yeah that is something i definitely noticed it's like oh okay every single one of these characters is a guy yeah it's a pretty boy (laughs) it's like you could have you could have at least like put a token girl in there right like come on uh yeah Um, that's
2: (laughs) that's being true to the source material because uh
0: yeah how how old is the source material it's i don't think it's that old uh Okay, because I heard that this was adapted once before. Yes, it was adapted last year as
2: Token Ranbu Hanamaru, which basically took the premise and turned it into a dull slice-of-life show.
0: Why would you do that?
2: I have no idea. It did not, and it totally did not work. I saw the first episode. Yeah, gee, I wonder why. I saw the first
0: episode and gave up because it was so boring. That makes no sense. Yeah, this... Episode... It's like... It's it's like seeing... It's like seeing Terminator and then going like, you know what would be great for Terminator? Turning it into a rom-com. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> to, be, to be fair, that actually would be pretty funny. At, now that I think about it, I do kind of want to see Terminator, but as a rom-com. Oh, <laughs> uh, somebody actually did that. Um, some... It's like... So somebody somebody actually did that uh i remember it's like, like the these two star-crossed lovers met at just the right time but now they have to deal with someone now they have to deal with a robot who objects to their marriage that's exactly how it played out there was a uh, Yeah,
2: <laughs> what cuz you're right so what happened what there was a thing where like actually a bunch of people on this old uh and this old uh, science fiction you, you, uh, newsgroup group, uh, rec arts sf written way back in the day when Usenet news were a sort of thing. Uh, ah, what they, yeah, what they did was they they like like a bunch of them came up with this like idea and they they like started writing it and it was uh, a mashup of Terminator with Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> <laughs> in which it, oh yes, my God, <laughs> right in which uh, a Terminator. Travels back to the Regency period to stop a wedding.
0: That sounds incredible. Yeah,
2: they, it, yeah it was called Terminators of Endearment. Or ah! Or Pride and Extreme Prejudice.
0: Oh my god. I, I'm not sure which of those puns is worse. You know, it was, I,
3: every yeah. time I've Every time I picture a robot interrupting something, the robot looks like Bender.
0: That, man, that's incredible. I want that to be a real now, like, honestly. Like, screw this dumb Pride and Prejudice and Zombies shtick that people have going. That's boring. Who wants zombies? Give me friggin' Pride and Prejudice and Terminator. Uh... Uh-huh. I yeah, can't it see was see where this is anyway, going. Anyway,
1: <laughs> about the actual show we're right. reviewing. Yeah, the
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked <laughs> I liked the way the show flowed. I liked the like. I mean, like it held my it held my interest throughout the, its runtime. The thing was, I kept on having this niggling like uh, there was one aspect of it that was annoying that it was awfully vague about the history, in which yeah, it, it's it... like it's so it, it kind of like you know cuz i'm like like a real history nut and so i really like it when shows go into like the the like the details of the history and they were really vague about all that all like all it was all like okay they're going back to 1863 and okay what that means is like teen evil is probably going to try and and cut it's probably going to try and prevent the Meiji Restoration from happening because 1863 is like is actually a very special time in Japanese history. <clears throat> you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it it does seem like my answer to that would be probably that um, they wanted to have a really sort of fast paced and action packed first episode. Um, so it's possible that they'll get in a little more in-depth into what's going on and what they need to preserve. Because this very much feels like, what if what if Quantum Leap starred a bunch of Japanese pretty boys who were good at sword fights? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so I feel like they're gonna explain themselves a bit more later on it, this episode just feels a lot like we want to be an action-packed first episode to really catch people's attention um which uh, i'm like i can understand why it'd be frustrating for someone who's a history nerd to be like okay but what are they doing um yeah for me it worked well enough i mean i, uh, I... it's certainly it's certainly not a perfect approach but i i thought it was well... uh yeah
2: i mean i liked the episode overall it's
0: it's just i had that one that little nitpick that yeah yeah no i get that um also like even though the enemies like are technically zombies i'm kind of okay with it because they're time travel zombies (laughs) (laughs) and also because presumably like there are um uh, more interesting villains with better characters that are sort of sending out the time travel zombies <laughs> which i'm sure will be introduced to later Yeah, uh, like a like an anti-quantum leap organization <laughs> there's a nega scott bacula somewhere out there <laughs> Um Anyway, so yeah, I'm going to give this episode a four. <coughs> I need to give it a four as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was a little on the shallow side, but it was a pretty fun introduction to this world. Yeah. Alright, uh, speaking of fun things that are kind of shallow, let's move on to Fate Apocrypha Episode 1, which is a uh, Fate show that's actually not being animated
1: by UFO Table. Which is But that's weird. okay, because it still looks pretty good, honestly. Like I still find it weird that they did uh, Ronbu instead of Fate Apocrypha.
0: Yeah, who knows? It's that's that's weird. But like, thankfully, hmm. Apocrypha still looks pretty good. Like, obviously not UFO table good, but I still thought it was pretty.
1: Yeah, it was
0: alright. Um, also, it's I'm used to the first episodes of Fate series being interminably dull. Like, even Fate Zero, which is a show I liked a lot more than I thought I would, that intro episode starts with, like, 15 minutes of two dudes walking in a circle in a church. That was great. I don't know what your fault is with that. That was spectacular. Whereas Fate Apocrypha starts with, like, an orb dragon, and then people being murdered on a battlefield. It's like, alright, this is more my style. Yeah, that's kind of... Well, yeah, that's one of those. I actually didn't
2: care for that because it's like one of those, oh, they're starting like they're starting near the end, and then like they're going to spend the entire season like showing
0: how they got to this point. That kind of annoys me.: Oh, uh, I'm, I'm okay with it because like the one the one I always think of in that regard is Gare zero, and that worked super well. <laughs>
1: I I think that's the only show I can think of that did it incredibly well.
0: That, okay, yeah, that's true. Like, most of the time it doesn't work. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It didn't really bother me that much. Um, Yeah, well, that aspect is not a
2: deal-breaker for me, but it's definitely a mark against it.
0: Yeah, but... um, Yeah, like, uh, so... Aaron, maybe you could give a bit more um, sort of backstory. Uh, judging by the name Fate Apocrypha, is this like a sort of alternate universe side story ding, in ding, the Nasuverse? Ding, ding, ding.
1: Correct. Yes, it's
0: all right. Yeah. So that's what I figured. Yeah, I I did. Evidently, it's based on a
2: light novel that was. I don't believe it was written by Nasu, or was
1: it? Um, uh, I don't remember at this point. But effectively, yeah, it's an alternate uh, universe-type thing where the Third Holy Grail War went different. And effectively, the Greater Grail was stolen.
0: Yeah, the Third Holy Grail War was the one in, uh, with uh, Emmy and Rin,
1: right? No, that would be the Fifth. The Fourth was the one in Fate Zero. Oh, the Third one was when the Grail was corrupted? Correct, because the Eisenbergs okay. were dicks.
3: Yeah,
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, let's see, I think the Third Holy Holy Grail War dovetails with World War II.
0: Yep. Oh, okay, so Fate Apocrypha is telling
1: the story of an alternate Fourth Grail War? No. It Okay. So what happened is that the Greater Grail got stolen uh, in the uh, Third War, which is where the, the sort of parallel universe splits. Um, Because of that, the secrets of the Grail War got spread, and there have been a variety of lesser Grail Wars uh, that have been done effectively. However, in this case, the the actual Greater Grail has been located and is being used to perform an even, well, greater um, war. So like a mega Grail War, yeah, basically, <laughs> to where instead of it's seven servants in a free for all, it's now a team of seven versus another team of seven. Okay, interesting.
0: Um, but yeah, like it's it's a pretty cool premise, honestly, um, and also it's sort of like it, it's a good way of bypassing kind of the issue that. Um, both Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night kind of had, where, like, there are multiple, like, protagonists, but also they're kind of, like, actively work- or at least they should be actively working against each other regardless and forming, like, maybe forming- forming tentative alliances. Um, uh, and, well, I- I say problem, but, like, it's- it's not necessarily a problem, because I felt it worked really well in Fate Zero, um, It was a little more awkward in Fate Stay Night when, like, Rin and um, Ishiro teamed up. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, it it sort of gets around that problem of, like, okay, how do we have multiple protagonists and have them actually, like, team up in a way that makes sense? It's like, oh, okay, we can just change the rules of how the Grail War works. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's nice, and and it gives us... us, um, it gives the show more flexibility in terms of like letting servants team up and duel and do cool like multi battles. Um, yes, yeah. I'm interested to see like what historical mythical figures they uh, they pull out as servants. Yeah, what's <laughs> cool is that like um, b- right before Fate Apocrypha aired. Um, uh the American version of Fate Grand Order was launched. Uh and so I'm recognizing a lot of the servants that are in there in here. For example, uh Siegfried, uh, and Jean, who are the two that kinda go head to head and shoot the red beam and the blue beam at each other uh, in the cold open. You are incorrect.
1: Wait. The saber Was it one of those Jean? No. Uh, Jean was in there, but she was fighting the big old golem thing. Oh, okay.
0: My bad. I got that confused. I got those two action sequences confused. Okay, so who is Sacred
1: Fighting? Uh, That would be Saber of Red Mordred, which is the one that the Necromancer summons at the end of the episode. Oh, okay. Alright.
0: My bad. Okay, yeah. So he's fighting Mordred, which I don't think Mordred is in uh, uh, Grand Order yet. Um, But yeah, like it, it gives us more fun servants to um watch and like Jean d'Arc at, as usual is a fan favorite. It seems like anytime John uh, Joan of Arc is in a anime or game,
1: uh she's one of the most popular ones. So <laughs> like in uh oh the guy that did Helsing's the uh Drifters.
0: Yeah Yeah Drifters yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Japan just loves Joan of Arc man. Guess. <laughs> that that's one of those that's one of those things that like would actually i think make for a really good academic paper it's like the cultural like sort of why is joan of arc such a big pop culture figure in these shows i think that would make for a really interesting research paper um i would i would love to read something like that it's like why why does she show up so often um but yeah so again like the battle scenes look really cool also we have adult waver uh who looks super super cool uh and yeah i'm a big fan of waver so it's nice to see more of him let's see wait who did sorry
2: which one was waver Lord I mean, Waver Elmore... is the yeah, guy. I mean like I, me- I remember I
0: like what he was what? Lord I mean
1: Elmoy the 2nd. Oh, he was the guy that was talking to the kid. Oh, yeah, he okay. gets a name
0: change. He has the long straight black hair. Okay, that guy. Yeah, that's Adult Waver. Huh. <laughs> he just changes his name. <laughs> and then a fake grand order he becomes a demi-servant just like Mash does. It'd be fine. <laughs> but yeah, Waver is fantastic uh, And then uh, Is the guy in the church Is that Shiro uh, Kotomine
1: Emiya?
0: Is that the same as Is he related to Emiya or
1: I don't know, I guess He's you're...
0: got the I... Oh, that's a spoiler,
1: isn't it? I guess you're just gonna find have to find out Yeah who is this mysterious archer? <laughs> no, he's not an archer, and his name is Shiro Koutamine. Yeah, I know. Whether it's related to him or not to him or to someone yeah. else, you'll just because he's to got wait. the same sort of like weirdly dark skin and
0: silver hair thing going on. So, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that's something they reveal in the plot later on. Yep. So I'll just yeah. I'll just be patient. Same bad time, same um, bad channel. <laughs> but yeah, uh it was a I fair I think a pretty good introductory e- introductory episode, especially by fate standards. Yeah, I mostly
2: I mostly enjoyed it. I'll give it a four.
1: Uh yeah, I'll give it the same. I like it ending as all first episodes of Fate series must end, with the Are You My Master quote. Yeah,
0: I mean of course, yeah. Also I god I love Mordred's character design. It's
1: so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love with the transforming armor.
0: Yeah, it's real good. Uh,
1: anyway. Yeah, I'll give it a four. It was real good. I I kind of wish it, it was being animated by UFO table, but it was still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But this is this, this is still solid. Um, let's
0: talk about Knights and Magic episode one and try not to fall asleep. We're uh-huh. like it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. <laughs> uh, but I liked yeah. it.
3: But thank you, I was falling asleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Knights and Magic is yet another uh, isekai show. Um, this time about an uh, extremely skilled programmer who gets hit by a car one day, and he wakes up as a child in this magical fantasy world where magic works a lot like computer programming, and also there are giant robots, which are his favorite thing in the world. Yeah, so what guy doesn't like a giant <clears> robot? And, and apparently he retains all of his memory from his former, former
1: life in child form. Yeah, that, that's kind of the whole thing with Isekai. Yeah, I know. I know <laughs> what's the point of Isekai's. Although, I did read one where the main character basically sells her former self's memories for power and it was kind of interesting. That's a... See, that's actually
0: a pretty cool twist on that because it's like, okay, yeah, sure, you can be super rad in this new world, but what are you going to sacrifice for it? Exactly. Like, in this one, he just gets to be the best. <laughs> um, yeah, He's he's still vertically challenged. That's
2: because he's a child, Larry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I he's... He... Even for even for his age, he's pretty short. And effeminate looking.
1: Yeah, they make a point of that later that he doesn't really seem to be growing much. <laughs> oh no, he's short and effeminate, so he's basically a typical Japanese protagonist. <laughs> yeah, somewhat. But it, at least in this case, it also ties into the plot a bit. Because he's so small... Even if he were to be a knight, he wouldn't be able to use a silhouette knight because he can't. Oh yeah, he can't fit in the.
0: Yeah, it's not made for him. Yeah, he can't reach the
1: He needs to build one that's suited for him. It's him directly. So it kind of does tie into the plot, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty good excuse to just keep him small, effeminate, and the sort of like cuddle bear thing that he becomes. Yeah, I mean, like.
0: So the frustrating thing about Knights and Magic is that it's actually a genuinely pretty cool setting. Um, I would love to see this sort of setting explored in a genre that was not about just <coughs> complete blatant wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, you know, blatant wish fulfillment that you know, has an interesting protagonist. Uh, This guy is just the best, and his one flaw is being short. He's a... Which is not a particularly interesting
2: flaw. Well, okay. In in a sense, he's a cut... Yes, like, he also is not socially awkward, which makes him a cut above your usual Isekai protagonist.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like, even Sword Art Online for at least a little while, uh, had the whole thing where, um, uh, God, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Kirito, Kirito. But the, Kirito. Kirito, where Kirito was like super good at video games, but he didn't know how to interact with people properly, and he was kind of a misanthrope. Um, yes, of. and that aspect was really annoying at times. Yeah, but like at least he had like a flaw that could lead to character development. And granted, they eventually just kind of like forgot that he's bad at interacting with people and just made him the sexiest dude in the universe that every girl wants to bang. Um, but you know, at least they started with something. Uh, this is this is me giving sort of online probably more praise than it deserves, but. Uh, yeah, in Night and Magic, like, there's just he's just super good. And everyone loves him. And even and even when he's being an arrogant little shithead, it's it's not shown in universe as him being an arrogant little shithead. It's him being as like, oh, he's correct to show off because he's the best.
2: Mm. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to get much... I don't think we're going to get much character development or tension out of this. But yeah. I thought... But
0: it was still it was still fun to watch for me. I mean, yeah, like, if you were going to put a gun to my head and tell me, like, I'm going to shoot you unless you watch an Isekai all the way through, 100% I would choose Night and Magic above basically anything else. Uh, because... Uh, the setting is kind of cool. There's nothing offensive about it. Uh, so far, like, I haven't seen any, like, exploitation of its female characters or, like, super blatant fan service or anything like that. Um, there's no characters I hate. Uh,
1: you gotta love when there's I... no characters I hate is praise. <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah. Right, because, uh, yes, yeah, that's the thing that puts
2: the, uh, like, uh, eru the main character of knights and magic a cut above uh yeah another cut above your usual isekai protagonist in that he's not douchey because yeah that, like that... i i don't
0: i don't want suffering to to befall him unlike most other isekai protagonists um it's just that like it's just boring to me like there there doesn't seem to be much going on with anyone's character and so all that leaves is the setting. And for some people, that would be enough. Um, I know uh, uh, Aaron and I, our mutual friend, Matt, he super loves uh, shows and stories with good settings, and that can carry him through um, so uh, otherwise kind of bland writing. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, it's just not quite enough of an incentive. I'll probably still give it a couple more episodes just to see if it improves at all or to see if, like, I find something else to kind of grab onto that, like, isn't the main character. But, um... You know, it's not... I'm not going to call it a bad show. I don't think I'm willing to go that far. It's just not particularly interesting to me. Mm -hmm. That's
1: honest. One of the things that was really weird for me is that this first episode went through nine chapters of the manga which i believe is a full volume or or pretty (laughs) close to and then about three-fourths of a novel length that's a breakneck pace so they skipped a ton of character development which is real weird but But is it
0: character development or is it him learning to do cool stuff
1: no, it, a lot of the character development doesn't include him. Okay, it includes the, uh, right. the siblings.
2: Yeah. Oh, all right. Right, yeah, because it focuses. Yeah, because there's bits that. Yeah, there's there's bits in the manga that focus on like his friends and family. You know, and how they and how they interact with, uh, with
1: with him.
0: I see. Okay, that 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 does sound
1: interesting. So I'm guessing that uh. they just want to get to the mecha fight part yeah Which
0: i mean that that is, is kind of what they've heavily leaned on in the marketing. it seems is like giant robots in a fantasy world,
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> except
0: it's not as good as Breakblade well, to be fair, the Break Blade <laughs> anime was awful yeah it was uh, don't don't remind it me was about that you brought it, it was broken blade, yes, it was. I mean yeah, well I mean I I brought up Breakblade, not specifically the anime. That's close enough. Yeah, that's clear, you're a kid. It's kinda like how I choose to remember uh Arpeggio of Blue Steel by say the first couple dozen ch- first couple dozen chapters of the
1: manga and not by the anime. Yeah. Yeah, God the anime. Anyway, one of the things that I really like about this show and the Mecha is that they're battle damaged. It's oh yeah, that that is pretty nice. It's got a kind of O eight MS team vibe going
0: for it in that regard.
1: Yeah, it, it, they're not all shiny and new. These Mecha are handed down, you know, generations. They're not making a ton of new ones for each, you know, successive class. Yeah. It's, you know, they take care of them as best they can, but. They're not going to repaint it every time it gets a scratch. And, like, yeah, and they're be, they're fighting
0: giant scorpion monsters. Like they're going to beat up, get beat up a bit, and the paint's uh, going to scratch. Well, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not like is... most Gundams where it's you know th- th- from one battle to the next they're like repainted.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like you're it's like you're giving your son a a '96 Honda Accord to drive into battle. <laughs> Oh. It's like sure, it doesn't look great, but it's reliable and it'll get you where you need to go and punch a monster in the mouth.
3: <laughs> well, and the,
0: <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Larry. The, the Dwarven
3: <laughs> engineers.
0: I have to. I have to give a shout out for the Dwarven engineers. Like... At, at least the dwarves don't have Scottish accents. That's the one good oh, thing about it, watching a fantasy show uh, that's uh, made by Japanese people, is that they don't give the dwarves Scottish accents, because good lord, is that just so beaten into the ground.
3: Oh, but Scotty... Never mind.
0: I know, I but like, know. surely we can find another way to portray I'm sure dwarves than too, the but Scottish.
3: You know, it's... it's... Yeah, is... Why don't
0: we switch it up a bit And give the dwarves a British accent And the elves a Scottish accent You know just for kicks Just to see how it goes <laughs> I could go with that yeah, And you know I'm easily amused uh, <coughs> Anyway I will give So you. yeah I mean like It's not going to set the world on fire nope. uh, It, But like it, it's also like it, it, You could do worse things With half an hour Mm-hmm. I I will give it a four. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a four.
1: Yeah, three
0: will work for me too. All right, uh, let's go on and talk about. Well, I guess I won't, but uh, Ben and Larry, I believe, uh, will talk about Aho Girl episode one. I did
2: not watch it. I believe Larry. Oh, one.
0: was it only Larry? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Have fun, out. Larry. Oh
3: well.
2: It's,
0: uh... Okay, bye, Aaron.
3: Yeah. See, ya, Aaron. Uh, Aho Girl. What happens when you... Yeah, so
0: if I recall, you were not impressed with this well, one. Well,
3: it's it's abuse taken to a level that I thought wasn't... Well, I knew the abuse was possible, but I didn't think anybody would stoop as low to, to actually animate this and try to make money from it.
0: Uh, it. It was just, like, really uncomfortable and kind of gross to watch.
3: Yeah, I mean, the lead character is relatively cute. Uh, at the moment, she's dumb as a brick, unfortunately. I hate to say it that way, and I'm sorry for any bricks I just offended. <laughs> but, uh, her big shtick in life is her best friend, childhood companion, and everything else. Uh, she has, I guess basically the biggest thing you say, is she this this person has no cooth. Uh, no no subjects taboo. Uh, she does things in public that you wouldn't expect. And when she gets out of hand, this best friend hauls off and knocks the devil out of her. Uh, it, and I mean, these aren't little punches and slaps. These are halfway across the room, ending up inverted with fan service because our skirt is up around our ears. Um uh, it's like... I Okay, I could see where they
2: were trying to go with that. I mean, yeah. because... Right, because... Okay, that kind of uh, dynamic... I mean, that's typical like Japanese comedy where you have, you know... Where you have, like, a character says something stupid and then another character smacks him. Yep. But, yeah, but when you have, like... When it happens with, like, a boy smacking a girl, that has unfortunate
3: implications.
0: Yeah, yeah, domestic abuse is kind of a thing.
3: Well, it... I mean, the only way that she gets up out of bed, and her mother lets him in the house every morning, he goes in and yanks the covers off of her and wakes her up,
0: and she's... uh, I mean, she's wearing clothes, but not many. And, like... And like, if the show were gonna be was gonna be like something serious, then, I mean, I could kind of like if it had if it was gonna be like a serious drama, then I could see like there could be something useful in tackling the subject of abuse directly. But it kind of sounds like they're just trying to use it for laughs, which is yeah.
3: Uh. I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I I, I posted the the actress role on it and it's like there's a lot of name people that are doing this and it's like uh, I, I, I'm trying to grasp is this being done for fun is this being done because there was nothing else to do
0: uh, yeah. like the poster is like super light hearted <laughs> so <laughs> it's a weird direction to take it
3: uh, yeah I mean not all the characters have been introduced yet, so I'm probably gonna watch at least one more episode to see how, see if there's any changes. But yeah, to see if it gets a little better. Um, any better? I don't. It don't even have to get a little better. Just any better. It's 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 <laughs> um, it kind of left me. Um, it was uncomfortable to watch that's the word I'm looking for. it was it towards the end it was getting uncomfortable to watch because it was so predictable. She opened her mouth and the next thing you know she's flying across the room
0: it's yeah like uh okay that's unfortunate this, this is the best we can do yeah also that not and even even putting the sort of unfortunate implications aside from that context it just sounds. It just sounds like some lazy comedy writing.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, again, the the, uh, the cast is, uh, I mean, like I said, it's a, you know, I mean, it, they're all well known. It's not like this is a bunch of newbies breaking in on a, on a B-movie. These are people who, you know, uh, have done good work before in the past, and it's like, uh, so what prompts somebody to want to do something like this? It can't be the money because they don't hardly get paid over there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I give it,
0: uh, right. I give it a big fat Uno. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben, let's talk about Yokai Apartment episode one. Yeah. I. Yes. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. Uh, it seemed okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, I. Yeah, you know, I I'd been reading the manga and really enjoyed it, and this was a solid uh, this was a solid adaptation.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, like, yeah. Um, as I was kind of, it had some good jokes in it, um, but I don't know, like, it was it was totally fine. I'm sort of waiting to. I'm sort of not putting a whole lot of stock in what the first episode is like, simply because this seems very much like a sitcom, where to kind of get to the meat of it, you need to get past the point where the introductions are happening and sort of into the structure where everyone's finally interacting with each other and their personalities are bouncing off, off each other in comedic ways. So, uh, even though I wasn't super impressed by the comedy in this episode, like, I think I might have chuckled once or twice, but mostly it was a little dull. Um, I'm also not going to sort of write it off because of that. Because, again, like, it feels very much like a, a show where the first episode is not really indicative of how well it, the rest is going to play well, out. It's
2: not even, it's not really, it's not really a comedy. I mean, it has comedic moments, but comedy is not the focus of it. It's really no, yeah. It's because it's what it's about. I mean, what it's about is it's about you know this guy uh, Inaba. You know, it's about him like getting in touch with the supernatural.
0: Oh. I mean, even then, it feels like a sort of premise where it's really hurt by kind of the introductory episode where a lot of this stuff just isn't in place yet um, to his credit I do like the initial reveal of the spirit where he's like looking at the picture in the book and then the camera kind of pans to show the boy standing right behind the book uh, also the exorcist girl is really good she's I like her a lot yeah she's uh, um, she's voiced by uh, Miyuki Sawashiro nice so that's what that um, voice. If that voice sounds familiar, that's why. But yeah, she immediately became like my favorite character. Um, so again, like I'm not, I'm not necessarily down on it. Uh, I'm just sort of skeptical that the first episode is really a fair way to judge it. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a at least a couple more before I really make any sort of hard judgments about it. Before he lowers yeah. the boom on it.
2: Yeah, they, they, that's the thing. the. The pacing is not super fast, and yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> so it's kind of the inverse of uh, Knights and Magic in a way, where like yeah, where Knights and Magic like just you know had the, like just had this breakneck pacing, just you know supposedly in order to get the setup out of the way. This they're taking their time with the setup. Yeah. Which, I believe that'll pay dividends later on. Because, uh... You know, because by taking its time to introduce and develop these characters, then, uh, you know, you get more investment in it. Anyway, I'm...
0: I enjoyed this episode. I give it a four. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three. Um, but again, like, I'm... I'm definitely going to give it a couple more episodes um, because I, I do think that this show has some promise um, so yeah I, I just think it wasn't a super interesting introduction at least at least for me um, but yeah uh, I believe that does it for the episode today yeah, I mean, um, I... we will we will be adding some more anime next week. Um, let me see if I can pull up specifically what else uh, will be added here. Uh, let's see here. Sort by next airing up. Oh yeah, uh, so Made in Abyss by Kinema Circus, circus that's air. Cit, sorry, by Kinema Citrus that's airing in eight hours from now, approximately. Hello? Uh, eighteen if is airing um
3: hola moshi
0: hi can you still hear me cause I'm still talking yeah I hear you okay apparently it's just Larry that can't uh uh also Vatican Kisaki will be airing in time for next week Ballroom Ballroom a Yoko uh Shokaku no Altair so yeah there's yeah so there's gonna be several things um several more shows, shows that are gonna be added um to our list that we'll be checking out um sort of with the final two they're going to take a little more time being uh, Reflection Wave 1 which is going to be airing in 15 days so we'll probably be talking about it uh, gosh like three recordings from now Um, and then Awari Monogatari which will be like a little over a month from now (laughs) yeah so, oh, uh, Larry just emailed me and told me that, uh, quote, Charter, sorry, he texted me and said, Charter just died. So I guess his internet connection just gave out. Thankfully, it gave out right at the end. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> that's, that's some amazing timing there. Uh, so we'll go ahead and just end this ourselves, Ben.
2: All right. Um,
0: so, uh, as always, uh, if you want to send us, con- oh, hey, welcome back yeah uh we were just saying how convenient it was that uh charter died right at the end of the podcast yeah thank you instead of in the middle
3: thank thank you spectrum the always up internet service
0: (laughs) anyway uh so um as you uh if you want to send us questions or comments, uh, you can do so either through uh, our, blo- our blog at Uh I have comments enabled on www.audioentropy.com on the BakaCast page there. Uh, you can also send us an email at bakacast at or you can message me on Twitter uh, at Stilts the GM, or you can message Ben at DeathSlinky. Yep. So yeah, you've got so many ways <laughs> to talk to us. Um, and if, if you, you send up to, the proper
3: and, color flare, I might even answer you back.
0: Yeah, and like, uh, let us know what shows you're watching, uh, which ones you really like, tell me how extremely wrong I am about knights and magic. <laughs> uh so yeah uh i'm looking for i'm actually look kind of looking forward to this season
3: uh
0: so far it's gotten off to
3: kind of a um, haphazard start we'll see how it continues yeah
0: anyway ben Dustin, three two one and remember
3: watching anime is better than watching broadcast television See ya.